All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Know Your Gear QA number 103. It's Friday, so we're ready for a weekend. Uh, I hit the mute button this time. I figured out why. I just want to point this out just because just because it's kind of frustrating with the YouTube slash Google system. You know, the last couple episodes, I wasn't hitting the mute button so you'd hear the replay. And it's because they took away the option to do so until the live stream starts, unless you go in and set it as your auto default. Uh, so just something to point out to you guys, it seems like, uh, it seems like live shows are definitely growing and we all kind of watch a lot of live shows. I watch a lot of live shows and, uh, I wish YouTube and Google would kind of learn to maybe kind of add some features. I feel like we're a little feature starved when it comes to these live shows. It would be great. It would be great. Cause I enjoy doing this. I hope you guys enjoy hanging out with me every week. Um, and, uh, I look forward to it every week, seeing who's going to pop on and talk and, and, and give me a question and uh, give me an answer. Sometimes I need your answers. So there you go. Uh, let's see. And Ken, Ken want to be says, what's the status with the GNL? Um, the status of the GNL is I've now unofficially started a race. Yes. Uh, believe it or not, I'm not going to even tell you who or what yet, but I have ordered another custom guitar. And uh, that custom guitar is now, I think, two weeks into the process. And so I'm going to see who wins. Uh, the GNL is officially, I think we're at, uh, I think I, we, I think we figured out I ordered it in late October, early November. Uh, so November, December, January, February. So we're four months into the GNL build and uh, we'll see how fast they do it. Um, so there you go. Uh, Jonathan Dolan says, what year is my SG? My SG is a 2018. So there you go. That makes that easy. Uh, and I got some questions already uh, that I pinned up. Uh, uh, one is uh, as uh, from, hold on a second. It's from a super chat or whatever they call it, a top chat now. They keep changing the name of this stuff. The tip jar questions. <laughs> they, uh, uh, from Neil, Miss Wheel, uh, I missed Neil's question last week. And he said, what's your opinion on a Hagstrom Super Sweet P90 guitar with Bigsby trim, Bigsby trim? He means the Bigsby tremolo. He said he tried one last week, which now he means two weeks ago. And uh, it was very comfortable, easy to play compared to the other Les Paul shapes. Would this be because it's a 25 and a half inch scale? Um, I don't know about that. I did own uh, a Hagstrom. I did not have the tremolo the, uh, with the Bigsby. I had the hardtail. And mine was humbuckers, not P90s. I like the guitar a lot. In fact, when I got it, it, it was really cool because it was like owning something different than every, what everybody else had. And it was uh, reasonably inexpensive. And I, like I said, I like some of the cool things. One of the things I like is they use a phenolic... Uh, fretboard, which is kind of cool. And then they have a, their own kind of truss rod system. And when I sold mine, I wouldn't definitely put it in my top regrets of getting rid of it. But I mean, there was no reason to get rid of it. It was such a great guitar. It was just, you know, it just, you know, sometimes they don't get in circulation or you're not using them. And, you know, I don't know. So it just had to go. Uh, but that being said, uh, I like P90s and I like Bigsby Bridges and I like the Hagstrom. So even though I've never had all those three things in one guitar, I would imagine you would like the, uh, the guitar because i like all three of those things um the comfort of it i don't know what what would i don't know what the scale length would do for the comfort i mean if you're used to a 25 and a half inch scale like a fender or or an ibanez or a guitar like that versus the 24 and three quarters like a gibson maybe that's something you you kind of liken to i've never really felt scale as being that important to me and when it comes to guitars i don't feel like a 24 and three quarter scale is uh so dramatically different. Um, where I do notice it though, especially in guitars is like, uh, when they're extended range guitars, these, these, that's where I notice a little bit. So 
Um, like uh, PRS is 25 even in between those two. And I've never really like, wow, this is so much easier than 25 and a half and a little harder than 24 and three quarters. So it's possible that it just feels familiar to you. I think familiarity is a real big thing with guitars. Uh, you know, when you pick up a guitar and all of a sudden you're like, this is, this feels like uh, something that you like. There you go. So that's my answer to that. That's a really good question. Like I said, cool guitars. I like bringing up when you guys bring up the guitars that are a little different and out there. Justin Mabe, he put a comment. He said it's new pedal day for him. He said today he got a way huge overrated special and a green rhino. You know, it's great because those are some of my favorite pedals. I uh, did a review of the uh, overrated special when it came out. Really, really uh, butthurt by the, the uh, I'm a huge, way huge fan. Let's start there. So, I, I, you know, George Tripp. I think he's a master mind. He's great. He's one of my favorite pedal builders. The pedals are amazing. I probably own, I'm looking over here, at least like six way huge pedals. I'm definitely a fan. But when the way he, when the overrated special came out, I bought one and, um, you know, they were supposed to be limited run and they didn't do any more. And then they re-released them as a smaller platform, which I actually like better. And then now the, the ones I have aren't worth as much. In fact, they're not worth what I paid for it when they used to sell more than what I paid for it. So sometimes it sucks when companies say they're not going to re-release something and they re-release it, which is what they did. But that being said, still love the pedal. And um, I would definitely, you know what? I would probably, no, I would probably trade somebody my original overrated special for the smaller one. So uh, just because I like the, uh, the, the, the space. But the Green Rhino to me is almost the same pedal. So that's why I'm telling you this, Justin. I found when I was A-Beam the Overrated Special, which they based off of a Green Rhino. And there's different versions of the Green Rhino. So the newest Green Rhino, I think, is different than the last version. I think there's three versions. Again, I'm doing off memory. The, the, not the first version, but the last version, the one before the newest Green Rhino. Uh, I thought that one sounded exactly like the Overrated Special. In fact, I think if you go back, you have to go back in the, the videos from a couple years ago. When I did the review, I actually, I'm pretty sure I, I used the green rhino and AB'd them. And one of the, what I remember about that video was the first time somebody's like, I can't even tell the difference. And the only thing that was a big deal about that was you could pick up a green rhino used all day for 65 bucks and it was $200 for the overrated special. So that's why I said it kind of bummed me out when they made a smaller one and they reissued it because I kind of felt the same way. You could get the overrated special tone with the green rhino and I could have saved myself a lot of. A lot of cash, <laughs> but because uh, I don't really care about the graphic and how it looks. I just cared about the, you know, with the results, but still a great pedal. One of my favorite, definitely that just a, I don't know, just a transparent overdrive as we no longer supposed to say stuff like that, I guess is what the internet says, but you know what? Uh, screw the internet. We say what we want. So I, I think it's a transparent overdrive. There, there you go. Okay. And uh, let me hit real quick let me refresh this because i have a pen question already and i think yes i do no you guys are just tip jarring me for no reason thank you pedro i appreciate that and kit kit kiddo kill i'm gonna say how that's how you say that kiddo kill uh same thing thank you very much uh and uh matt has a question it says hey phil recently picked up a hot rod deluxe i know they're a great pedal platform yep but is there a specific overdrive pedal you think especially good with this amp, mostly for blues rock and classic rock? Well, that's what's great about that amp. It, it loves so many pedals. And and when, and I, this is a thing I always like to kind of reiterate. So for the guys that already know the answer, I'm sorry, I got to say this again. A lot of people, when they say, what does that mean when it takes pedals? Well, I, I, everybody, I think there's different definitions. See, I think takes pedal well can mean two things. 
I think there's an amp like when I think of Marshall's taking pedals well, I think of it like tube screamers and stuff where they take pedals and they enhance the sound you're already hearing. They get better. Um, so if you like a Jason 100, you might like it more with a with a, 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 a tube screamer in front of it, right? So it takes pedals well. It takes those overdrives well, those push, you know, pushing uh, boost pedals. Then there's pedal amps that take pedals well in the idea that they get out of the way of the pedal. In other words, they you plug the pedal in and they either make the pedal even sound better or the pedal sounds the way the pedal should sound without any added tone, like added mid-range or scooped uh, lows or scooped highs. So the to me, when I think of the uh, the um, Hot Rod Deluxe, that's an amp to me that's transparent. I'm using that word too much, I think, now. Uh, it's It gets out of the way. In other words, you put whatever pedals you want in, in front of it, and you're going to hear the pedal. And I think that's why so many pedal builders use a Hot Rod Deluxe, because of the fact that you they can hear their pedal when they put it in front of that amp. So for, I mean, for that amp, I mean, you know, we, the sky's the limit. You can do a, a blues deluxe by boss, uh, or a DS one from boss. Those two would do great. Obviously I'm a big fan of Lawrence Petros, uh, 68. That's a great, uh, pedal for that. Uh, I love the Zen drive for that. I like the Timmy, uh, for sure. I'm a big Timmy fan. Um, what else do I like uh, for light overdrives? Um, I, you know, it's funny as I look at the wall and try to steal the ideas of the ones I, I have, uh, tube screamers sound great just in blues, uh, or in blues deluxes and hot rod deluxes right now. I can tell you what I have on my board in the other room that I'm using. I'm using the, uh, 68, uh, Lawrence Petra 68 pedal, and I'm using a Timmy and that's where I'm getting my mid to light overdrives for in front of my amp and I'm running it through a fender amp. So those are good platforms to stop, but the start, but the great thing about the amp is don't, don't worry about buying $200 pedals or $100 pedals. Those are great. Uh, but remember, you know, that amp sounds great. It will bring inexpensive pedals to life too. So, so think about those as well. How, you have options is what I'm trying to tell you. So just jump all over the place, you know? So I like, one of the things I like to do, or, I, and I've liked to do in the past, I still do is sometimes it's fun to experiment with low price pedals, like find yourself a good little, uh, you know, inexpensive pedal and get a good sound. And then once you're happy with that, just realize that, yeah, if you want to experiment by going up in price into some more luxury boutique pedals, yeah, you'll, you'll find some tones that are probably a little creamier, a little smoother. But, you know, I, I always tell everybody, I think everything gets like 1% better as you go. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's really as simple to me. And I have no business talking about this. I'm not an authority of any kind of race cars or cars in general, but to me, like race car guys, it seems like they will spend a fortune and in, in, in half their life to get one more horsepower, right? So you, you know what I mean? So what I'm saying is, look, to get the car from, from regular to fast, it's, it's a pretty easy thing to do, but to get the car just that last bit faster to win the race, it's everything. I think gear works in that same way. A lot of times when we talk about the, when we praise the high end gear, it's just slightly better than everything else. And sometimes that matters to you. Sometimes, sometimes it matters to me. And then sometimes it doesn't. And hold on a second. I got to, pull up my pen screen. And while I'm doing that, I want to let you know, uh, I saw a cool video today. So I'm going to share it when I do the index and the link. It's from Nate Savage. It's Guitar Arrow. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong. Guitar Arrow. Man, I'm going to get beat up for this one. Guitario. Anyways, this is Nate Savage. That's all you need to know. I'll put the link. It won't matter. Uh, Guitario. It looks like guitar and then or Ario, <laughs> right? R-E-O. Guitario. That's, I guess it's got to be Guitario. Um, anyways, it's Nate Savage. And what he did is he did this crazy thing. They, they did uh two 100. We talked about this a couple weeks ago in the, uh, 
in the live uh, podcast. It was uh, two 100-foot cables they put together and um, use a true bypass pedal into it. It's just a cool thing, man. It's one of those cool things because uh, those are my favorite videos. And those are videos that I like to make, those kind of videos, not that one. I'm glad they made it. But what I'm saying is, is uh, those videos like they did, I always think it's cool to do stuff that it doesn't make sense to do you to do this. You know what I mean? That's the one thing I hope YouTube brings uh, to the community is, you know, like when I cut a pickup open, a lot of people are like, why'd you do it? I'm like, well, I did it. So no one ever has to do it. There's no logical reason. Everybody's like, well, it didn't make sense for you to do it. And I'm like, well, it really doesn't make sense for anybody to do it now that I've done it. When I broke strings and I broke a string video, somebody's like, why'd you do that? Same logic. I did it because uh, if there was a video about it already, I would have just watched the video. So, uh, so anyways, so there you go. There you go. Um, Cheddar Kung Pao uh, says, hey, I didn't know an eight inch speaker could sound great until I got my Fender Champ. What other... So what other amp biases should we let go? You know what, though? That's a lot of that is this, not the speaker. That's the amp, though. So that amp is a great amplifier. You know, uh, I mean, that's just the reality of it. You know, good components make good stuff. So, uh, I mean, that's Fender's. That, let me put it this way, Chatter. That amp is a grand, right? <laughs> so let's put that in perspective. It's an 8-inch speaker, $1,000 combo amp. So my, my argument is, I, I agree with you. It sounds great. You plug into it and you're like, man, this is great. But you can't say, unfortunately, or I can't say, why don't they make every amp sound like this? Eh, it's because it'd be a grand. So, <laughs> so that's what it is. There's, a, there's definitely, there's definitely, like I said, there's definitely a nuance to better components and, and uh, better execution of installing those components. You will get uh, better tones. You just will. But like I said, to what degree, to what extreme are, are you getting you know, an advantage of that? I don't know. Um, and then next, let's do an unpinned question because I like to do both. And then I got a topic I want to talk about because it's funny. Um, and Ed says, hey, an attenuator versus a volume pot in the effects loop. I guess he's asking which one do I like or why? I'm going to give you some some just some thoughts on both. I I use both those options. So without a doubt, I use both those options. In my Paul Ray Smith custom 50 amp, it has an effects loop that has, uh, just like the original supersonic 60 does, it has a, uh, a volume control for the output and the input. And you can just put a little jumper cable there and attenuate technically, you know, or drop the, the volume of the amp, um, and run the, the master harder and get that kind of bigger sound, but down quieter. The main difference though, is this, when you're using an attenuator, you're getting the amp, the amps running harder. The, the power tubes are glowing and all that stuff's happening. Um, I don't really, what I've noticed is when I'm just trying to get quiet, I, I don't care how I get there. I don't care if it's a, using a volume pedal in the effects loop or if I'm using an attenuator, I don't really care. It's just, to me, it's just about getting, you know, a better sound quiet so I can practice. When I'm trying to get the amp under control so I can record it, then I prefer sometimes the attenuators because I feel like I'm getting a truer response to the amp. I'm hearing the amp more like what it would be like if it was turned up uh, versus squashing it internally using its, you know, using a trick. You know what I mean? So that's the main difference between those two. I do. I did a, vo a video on both those. I've done both those ways. And, um, and uh, that's, uh, like I said, like both ways, but those are the two uses I would use those two different ways. Okay. <laughs> okay, Victor, Victor says, should I buy a new tube amp 
or upgrade the tubes and speaker in my Bujera combo? Um, Victor, those questions are always internal. And so I'll, I won't tell you the answer. I'll just help you walk you through your own, your own issue. If you love the amp and you want it to just be a little better, maybe, maybe modified. I can tell you this. Well, here's, you know what? Let's back up. Sometimes when you get these questions, I need a second to think. Here's what I will tell you. The speaker is going to be the most dramatic change to that amplifier. A speaker is going to be massive, right? So depending on what speaker you pick, you're going to increase the low-end frequency tone and response or the high-end frequency tone and response. How much distortion, it's going to get fizzier or less distorted. Uh, the clean is going to sound more mid-rangey or less mid-rangey. The speaker is going to be all-in, be-all uh, a change. So there's no there's no way you can plug in a speaker into most amplifiers and go, I don't, I don't really hear a difference. I mean, you're going to hear some kind of difference. Tubes, however are that again that one percent that little difference so in my uh in my experiences with messing with my amps i will change the speaker way faster than tubes i think that's why that comes up a lot on on these qas when we talked about tubes in the past changing out tubes i'm not a real big change tube person i'm a really big change of speaker person because i can really get a dramatic difference and uh speakers are you know, relatively easy to mess with. You don't have to worry about dying or burning yourself when you're messing with a tube amp. I'm not that I think you're going to, either one of those would happen to you for just changing tubes, but it's, there's almost no risk in changing a speaker is what I'm saying. So for your, to answer your question, I would not change the tubes. My, the rule I follow is the rule that was given to me by a friend who builds custom tube amps. He said, you change the tubes when they go bad, otherwise leave them alone. I like the answer, so it fits what I want the answer to be. And he's a smart guy, so I figure it's a good trusted response. So that's the answer I'll give you. Don't change the tubes unless you have a problem with them. Change the speaker out, you'll change the tone. And definitely what's great about that, if you change the speaker out and you decide later to get another amp, take that speaker with you, put it in the next amp. So there you go. You can change out speakers. Then on that note, I have a pinned question right here from Brian. Brian says, Phil McKnight, that's me. Uh, very very interested in more on the, your solar guitar. When can we expect additional exciting new solar guitar content? The solar review is done. Um, and it is that solar guitar compared to another solar guitar. That's gray, the same model with active EMGs. And, uh, I haven't titled the video. I think I want to do the title. Like, uh, you know, uh, I think the video is obviously the review of the solar guitar, but then I also, we went through and we looked at what the solar pickups are since that was a question in your, in my unboxing. And um, so the answer to the question is it comes out this week uh, because um, I'm trying to think where they come out because there's two videos ahead of it. It's it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I hate saying they come out because I don't know. They're just finished. They get finished and then they get pinned and and they get put into, you know, and uh, I don't know. As long as I like it, it goes out. Um, let's see. Okay, Tony says, hey, Phil, I want to donate one of my guitars to Guitars for Vets program. How do I do this? Also, I still don't hear you read my name off. Whimper, whimper. I'm still $25 a month donor. Oh, really, Tony? All right. I'll have to find you. Hold on, I'll correct that real quick because there we go. Copy that. Sorry, Tony. Uh, my vanity still needs a little boost every week. Well, Tony, you're getting mentioned right now, too. Um Tony Goyborn, I'm going to figure out why you're not on the list. Sometimes people get off the list and some people get on the list somehow. And uh, the patron thing is kind of a little strange thing. And right now it even just got stranger because patron just changed all the screens. In fact, I was in there today 
and it's uh, it's like when Google changes your your Gmail, and all of a sudden you're like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. That's uh, it'll take me at least a day or two to get back to that. But today I'll I'll make sure Tony I'll say your name again at the end as well. But uh, to donate to Guitars for Vets program, it's simple. Just go to Guitars for Vets uh, the website, find your local chapter. That's the biggest thing to donate a guitar. Now keep in mind, the Guitars for Vets they use a they buy a package guitar. It's like a Yamaha guitar with tuner and everything, and that's what they donate. They give the, every vet the same guitar. And I think that's a smart move for them. So like in the guitar I donated to them, I don't think they used it for a, a veteran. I think they auctioned it off and sold it and used the money to buy another guitar. And again, giving every vet the same guitar. But it, they're a pretty great community. They're pretty easy to talk to. Like I said, you just go to their website and find your local charity, uh, your ch local chapter is what I did. I have a local chapter here. So that's how I did with mine. Um, and um, I've been uh, lightly communicating with them about seeing what we can do to help them with uh, some other stuff too as well. So maybe in that communication, I can bring up that some of you why want to give some guitars to them. So there you go on that. Let's do an unpinned question now. Oh my goodness, it's scrolling. The uh... Okay. Uh... Wow. Yeah, see, Tony's agreeing with me. Tony said, tubes maybe are 25% improvement, speaker 75%. I like those numbers, right? I like, I, I think those percentages are normal uh, for sure. I think that the uh, the tubes uh, to, to, the tubes are different, but they're not. You know what it is? Tubes make the biggest difference when they're bad. <laughs> when you got bad tubes and you go to, not, to, to functioning tubes again, boy, it makes a difference. But otherwise, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Um, that all let's go so now i want to talk about something i want to talk about so did you guys see the announcement that fender came out with their new guitar the uh here let me show you it's just so strange i i, I want to talk about it because i'm always i'm always curious what you guys think uh here's the screen share this is the new unleash the beast inside the alternative reality power caster yes fender has a new power caster it's a uh, looks like a jazz master ish body with a uh, hardtail bridge and humbucker and the i'm sure it's a tim shaw humbucker in the in the bridge and a p90 in the neck and then a uh carbonized maple or baked maple uh neck right and uh i'm just curious what you guys think of this stuff uh when they do this stuff uh this is their alternative universe guitars right yeah our alternative reality sorry i thought it was called universe maybe that was another line of these guitars this is alternate reality power caster uh, so I'm always curious about this stuff. This stuff is, I think the whole point of this is to draw in excitement and get us talking about it. Cause we are, so they did one part of the mission, which is to get a community to talk about it. Like we are, um, comes in some cool colors, but my question is like, is that a, is that a cool guitar one? And is it, is it just a, like a sir copy? I mean, cause it, you know, it's like everything, it's like, it feels like everything is just, it's like full circle, right? Uh, <laughs> The, uh, you know, you f I feel like, uh, you know, Sirs were look like Fenders and now Fenders look like Sirs, right? It's just, <laughs> you know, right? Uh, Kiesels and the Nivenas look like Kiesels. It looks like, you know, obviously everything gets kind of the same, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think of it? Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you guys, anybody liking it, loving it, hating it? I'd love to know what a thought on that is. So uh, Gina said, uh, Gina Short says, the Fender Telacoustic, 
uh, grabbed my attention, but not the power caster. That's interesting, right? Because I think that's on the same vein. I think this is about trying to, they're trying to create products that are appeal to the people who are just, you know, because they figure they got, you know, I don't know, 70% of the people ca captured with strats and tellies. Now it's about grabbing some other kind of guitar shapes, some other ideas. Um, so, so I, I don't know. Uh, uh, RJ says, hey, oh, hey, RJ. RJ says, I like the looks of the FERD better. Yeah, see, like I said, I'm just curious because I'm always, I'm always, because I am a strat. I'm that 70%. I'm the strat telly guy. So the problem is, is when they come up with these designs, I, I like Jazz Masters, but not so much. So, yeah, see, um, hold on. Somebody's saying. Yeah, see, uh, uh, Lud Ludovic says, looks like a GNL fallout. Yeah, I, well, that's what I'm, I guess that's my point. It looks like so many guitars to me. It doesn't look like, wow, Fender came up with something really different. Or, you know, remember when they did the pawn shop guitars and it was just like these Frankenstein-esque guitars. And I can understand why some people thought that was silly and some people liked it. But uh, in this case, it's not that it's just so, hey, let's take a jazz body, stick a, you know, a humbucker in it, make a Fender style neck. It's really, like I said, it feels like uh, the Tajimas and the, and the GNLs and the Sirs and... Uh, you know, like Balaguer, like all these guitar brands. Like I, when I was working on the NAMM show, I, th I thought, I felt like I saw two things. A lot of guitars that look like that guitar and a lot of guitars now definitely with this humbucker and then the P90 and the bridge. And although that's not new, it just seems like it's a trend right now. So it was just really like, ah, uh, really, you know, uh, for me. But what I like having a community to talk to is sometimes you guys can point out something I didn't see. So... Uh, Shut up, let's talk. Says it looks like Paul Gilbert, one of Paul Gilbert's Photoshop projects. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 different. Like I said, like the pawn shop series, but it also is it is it that they're looking for something different, or do you think this guitar? I guess that's another way to look at it too. Or do you think this guitar is strategically targeted towards those type of brands that Fender's like? Hey, we can get in that realm too. We can make guitars like that too. So definitely looks like a Fano too. Same kind of thing with a Fano would do. So. See, uh, Yarg Nag, <laughs> Yarg Nag says offsets are my favorite. And so, you know, something the Fender told me a while back, I want to say three years ago, that's what they noticed too. They said that the trend was definitely the offsets were, you know, they say when they went to Coachella and stuff, what they saw was not so much strats and tellies anymore. It's all these offsets and all these strange guitars. So I know that they're trying to appeal to that market. And, uh, but I, I'm really curious if that guitar does it. That's, that's right. That, you know, um, see like Brian Coates says, I'm not a fan of jazz masters. See, and I understand that. So if you're not a fan of that, I understand why it doesn't appeal to you. But my question is there's, there's a reason Fender is the largest guitar company in the world. They didn't just make this on a whim. There's somebody out there who loves it. And I'd love to know why, you know, it does it, does it appeal to the market it's going after? So Shaman blue says they say it has more octane. Wow. <laughs> Was needing some octane. Yeah, is that just, it's got, yeah, I noticed it had some kind of cheesy marketing copy, like Unleash the Beast is, is, <laughs> Unleash the Beast, it's like, isn't that, isn't that from the movie Role Models when they did that, when they did that, uh, that uh, sugary caffeine drink for kids, and that wasn't that, the Minotaur, Minotaur, Unleash the Beast, literally this is the spinal tap of marketing and the idea that Fender took the movie role models 
<laughs> Minotaur soda, unleash the beast marketing. <laughs> yeah, see, Guitario, uh, Guitario is saying, uh, high octane beast. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, they, uh, and then uh, the convert says, why offsets Nirvana, Nirvana and their lineage? Now, you know what it is? I, I, you know, I think it's always about uh, uniqueness. Everybody's trying to have a guitar that's a little unique. You know, um, I think that's a, a I think that's a logical conclusion. If you're on stage, you're on stage, you're trying to have something different. I, I, you know, right. That's what you, the whole point of being on stage is for. Is so you can you're performing in front of people and you want to stand out. Sometimes having a guitar that's a little different. Instead of just the normal, you know, black strat with a white pick guard, uh, it doesn't always work. You know what I mean? So you got to have something a little different. Although, you know, it worked for Clapton, but, you know, after that. So, uh, Sungwo, Sungwo Choi says, what do you think about roasted maple necks? The ones I played are nice. I obviously want a roasted maple neck. I want the AZ guitar. Um, I know last week we talked about the fact that I don't think I'm going to buy a Sir because of a, uh, I want the Ibanez. But then since then, I started looking at Sirs again, and I still want the Ibanez. I want the AZ. But now I'm thinking, uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what I got in my mind. Uh, I want I want one. That doesn't mean I'm going to get one. I want a Sir semi-hollow T-style guitar with dual humbuckers. Um, I have... I feel like I have I have a Telecaster curse, so you know. I feel like the guitar I want the most that I will that I'll play all the time is a, a dual humbucker Telecaster. I play my dual humbucker Strat all the time. I'm very comfortable. It's a very very good guitar for me. Um, hold on a second. Hold on one second, guys. Screen just jumped. Um. So, anyways, um, my point is that uh i think a dual humbucker telly would be great but i just haven't been able to connect with one so now i'm thinking the sir <laughs> oh it would be such a bad idea so uh all right what else do we got going on um let's see i know we have a couple of the pen questions that i gotta get to hold on all right we got neil Hey, Neil says, uh, hey, Phil, thanks for answering last week's question. Just wondering if you tried Amp Tweaker pedals by James Brown. I, I have ordered uh, the tight metal. I haven't tried them. I bumped into uh, James Brown at the NAMM show, and he was uh, it was very exciting. He's working on a new amp, and he had a prototype there at the show, but nothing that was going into production anytime soon. That's what I got from that. Uh, and I always, when I saw him, I just saw his name tag. And of course I know, you know, know of him and I've always highly respected him and always liked everything he's done. So I just walked up and said, Hey, and, and, uh, and, uh, that was the end of that conversation. I, I haven't put an amp tweaker on the radar to, to get. So I don't know, maybe that's something I need to think about getting. So I hear nothing but good things about them as pedals. Um, Bruce James says, hey, he's looking forward to getting his uh, Jimmy Page Dragon Telly. Have you checked them out? I saw him at the NAMM show. I saw one, I think, when I was walking by at the NAMM show. I have not checked it out. So, the uh, I I think they're cool. They uh, I do they come out soon? Do you know when they get when they come out? So, um. Okay, how are we doing? 
Kyle, Kyle's asking a, a crazy question. He says, Phil, what are the benefits of going headless? In other words, a headless guitar. Don't know how I feel about them yet. Future of guitar question mark. Um, well, I mean, you know, if you're an old schooler, you remember Steinberger was headless, you know, back in the day, that was for sure. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I could definitely see with the Strandbergs and the Kiesels, and now it seems like Ormsby and everybody, everywhere I turn around, it, it, to me, it's Kiesel, right? Kiesel brought it back. That's what it was. Kiesel came back. It's just like what I was talking about, about Coachella having offset style guitars, and everybody's kind of doing that. Steinberg got popular. Everybody wanted Steinberg and uh, Strandberg. I don't want to say Steinberg because I'm thinking Steinberger. Sorry, guys. I'm sure the Strandberg guys are going nuts right now. Strandberg guitars. And then everybody started making a Strandberger style guitar um, without the Endura neck because the big deal with Strandberg is it's got the crazy Endura neck. But uh, anyways, my uh, so now it's everywhere. Advantages? I don't know of any advantages. I mean, you don't break off the headstock now, and uh, but I mean, it's you know, so it's to be believe it or not, there's so many theories about guitar that are crazy. Like some people are like, "Hey, a bigger headstock means more sustain." I don't really agree or disagree with that. What I found is that a guitar will just have more sustain than another guitar, and there's some factors and reasons in that, but not something as quantifiable as like let me give you an example i i know fender makes the thing called the fat finger you guys know if you i'll put a link now that i when i rebroadcast this uh the fat finger is a, a weight it's like a brass weight and you clamp it on the headstock and you get more sustain um i see people use this all the time and i i fender gave me one once i don't know why it was in something they gave me and i clipped it on i did it i clipped it on then and i couldn't hear anything like i couldn't I couldn't tell what it was doing. So, but I don't, that doesn't mean that it didn't happen or that it was what happened on another guitar. So that's what I'm saying. So anyways, uh, same thing with bridges, you know, right? A lot of people, including a good friend of mine really believes that putting a heavy brass block in a, in a, in the bridge makes a difference. And, um, for me, it's an experience that I haven't really noticed a whole lot of difference. You know what I mean? Not to the point where I'm like, yes, I can't take it without that. I have to put it in there. So, um, so back to your, your asked question about the headless guitars. Uh, I think it's in trend right now and I think it will continue to be in trend, but the benefit of it, I don't know what the benefits of it are. It's a smaller guitar overall. So it goes over overhead compartments better in airplanes. Uh, you don't have to worry about snapping off a headstock. But I can't say like, oh yeah, it resonates differently. Or there's a different tonality to to doing it that way. So, uh, okay. So amped amped Wales says, excuse me, says, hey Phil, I want to improve the tuning stability of my SG, and I'm fitting locking machine heads, roller bridge, and brass nut. Would this help or be a waste of time? Um, yes. The answer is all, all those things. Uh, the roller bridge versus brass nut. That's Hold on. Let's pin that, and then we'll talk about the first, the locking keys. The locking keys do not improve uh, uh, staying in tune. I, I, I really hate saying that because... Uh, you know, that's really picking a fight. I, I just don't want to have to argue uh, the whole internet against. But sometimes, you know, I can only tell you the experience I've had. Locking keys, for the most part, there's nothing about a locking component of a tuning key that, to me, makes a guitar stay in tune any, any better than a non-locking component. Um, and what I mean by that is if you give me the same tuning key, like a, a nice quality tuning key 18 to 1 good gear ratio and then a the same tuning key with a locking mechanism on the bottom i i 
I will argue forever that they are the same in every way. The locking component just makes restringing quicker, which is really nice. Now I've heard like, uh, I haven't watched Dan Irwin say, well, no, if you don't wrap the strings right, they, they, they slip. I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, I guess, you know what I mean? But then wrap the strings right and they don't slip. So I don't buy locking keys on my guitars because I think they stay in tune better. I, I, I put locking keys on my guitars because I restring faster. And if I can restring faster, I will restring more often. And I like new strings. I like the way they sound. So that's a good part of the locking key. A locking key is a convenience factor for me. Now, ironically, if you have cheap tuning keys and you want to upgrade to better keys, why not just get the locking component as well? Um, but that being said, and here's why I say the lock, this is my argument why the locking key doesn't matter. If you gave me a cheap key, which I see in all the time now with a locking mechanism versus a nice key constructed well with a good component, like a brass sprocket, and it's done really, really well, and it doesn't have a lock and you know how to tie your string, right? I would take the better key over the locking mechanism. So that's why I don't believe a locking mechanism is, is, is relevant for keeping a guitar in tune. All right, so that's so we're ch changing out to locking keys is a good move because I think it's just really nice. It makes you restring the guitar faster and better. Where I think you're going to get your stability and tuning is going to be on the nut because obviously the when the, the guitar when you're tuning it up, if there's friction in the nut, the string will bind in the nut slightly, especially on a guitar like a Gibson, where the G and the D as soon as they cross the nut, they span out in different directions directions immediately, which is why they make that string butler thing, right? Uh, Daryl Braun did a video where he. He demonstrated that you can check out that video. We'll put a link to that. Um, and, um, you know, and those things work great. Um, th they're fine. Uh, everybody asked me what I thought of them. Uh, I think, uh, it's a good idea. If they ever sent me one, I would definitely do a video and show you guys. I'm never going to buy one for myself because I, I cut my, all my guitar nuts are cut either bone or graph tech and I do it myself and they stay in tune because if the nuts cut, right, you don't need any other stuff but i can see where putting the string butler on would be a fast easy fix to not have to deal with <laughs> carving a new nut from scratch um so anyway so back to your thing a roller bridge yeah those will be a big improvement the brass uh nut would be a big improvement if it was me i would pick the brass nut over the roller uh unit the roll unit probably works functionally better but i just aesthetically like the way the brass looks you know i mean and there's there's a you gotta give right everything's about aesthetics versus this uh versus you know the the functionality i want it to function but it's gotta look cool too right you gotta look cool if, if you know right guitars make you look cool it's what i tell my wife all the time one day she'll agree anyways uh <laughs> so uh so that's my answer to that so no and you're not wasting your time so spending some time to to improve your guitar is never a waste of time the knowledge you get is uh, always great and you always end up with someone improved guitar or a life lesson <laughs> those are always worth the fortune too uh, JK, GK Nelson, GK Nelson says, what's the best way to take some of the gloss finish off a of maple neck? It's sticky. Uh, there's a ton of ways. The way I, I, I do it when I do mine is steel wool. I like that. It's very, because the fact that it's so subtle, right? You're just trying to take it. Uh, and I do the same thing, by the way, I, all my guitars are like that. I don't, uh, except for my Paul Reed Smiths. I leave them alone just cause I'm, I'm afraid that it'll hurt them on resale, but my other guitars, like my uh, glossy strats, if you get a glossy, you know, vintage style strat neck, I'll steel wool the back. And I'll steel wool the whole thing, just to satin the whole thing out. And what you'll notice is it won't look sanded. It won't feel sanded. It'll just be, um, it'll be a satin. It'll be satin finish. So that's what I would do. Plus, it's so, 
it's so minor that you could actually buff it back to shine very easily without having to have an expensive buff or anything. So that's what I would recommend for that. And uh, I would do like triple lot, that'll work perfect. So you can get more aggressive, double lot, and then go to triple lot and smooth it out. But I would start with just the, because again, I don't know what your finish is, right? So I don't, when you say gloss finish, if it's lacquer or if it's uh, if it's polyurethane, either way, the steel will work well. Uh, some people probably will recommend in the comments uh, certain different kinds of sandpapers and finishes. That's fine. I like steel wool. It's cheap. It's easy. And that's part of the problem too, is that it, when you do a lot of guitar repairs, you can't use stuff that's expensive because it eats into the profits. You need stuff that's effective and steel wool is very effective, especially for the price. You just make sure you tape over, you put uh, tape over your, uh, ma uh, the magnets of your pickups so that it doesn't grab into the fibers of the steel wool. Uh, the convert says, are there non fender sub $800 guitars with fender style, modern C necks? play playing thin necks or necks with shoulders hurts my hand okay so okay so play he's two parts so playing thin necks or necks with shoulders hurts his hands so what he wants is just the modern fender c style neck on a non-fender guitar and a non-fender guitar yeah well non-fender guitars 800 dollars sub price to me where you get guitars that feel like the fender guitar uh gnls do that what else has that fender c shape that i like i mean obviously fenders are sub <laughs> some $800. You can get a made in Mexico fender for sub $800 uh, with a C neck. Uh, Squires as well. Some of them will have the C shaped neck. Looking around, just trying to the, see. To me, the Music Man's necks are way too thin. They're great, but they're, but for what you're asking right now, they're going to be way too thin for you. Um, what else? Uh, you know what? Those Tajima guitars were really good. Those were great. Some Schecter guitars definitely have a C shaped neck. And uh, th that, you know what I mean? That's really nice too. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of another model. Give you one more, one more. Yeah. See, somebody just said Kyle said Schechter. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. I was thinking, see, somebody said Charvel to me, Charvel's no, see like my Charvel's they're a little U shaped. They get a little flat on the bottom and they don't feel the way, uh, although they're Fender esque and they're definitely the new Charvel's are definitely more Fender than the old vintage Charvel's feeling. I don't think they're the same. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to say, Hmm. I don't know. Those are my answers for now. And if I think of another one, I'll tell you in a second, but I'm trying to think of another guitar with that fender C shaped neck. Uh, because yeah, even the PRSs, they don't have that same feel. So there you go on that. Okay. Let's go back to an unpinned question. Oh, okay. So Tony's saying some Harley Bentons have the C shape. Well, I'll find out. Cause I, like I said, my plan is to, uh, to check out some Harley Bentons. So, uh, uh, Sung, Sung Wao Choi says, Hey, any thoughts on the VGA guitars? Mary Spender seems to like them. Yeah, she does. She does like them. They're great. Uh, VGA guitars are fantastic. Everyone I've played is amazing and they are expensive. So of course they're good. They are very unique. Very cool. Uh, besides the fact that I probably, so you guys know, I said, I literally, I never knew they were called VGA. VGA. I thought they were a V'ger. <laughs> like, like the first Star Trek movie, I am V'ger. I swear that's what I thought they were forever. And uh, one day the rep came in the shop and said, hey, I'm with VGA Guitars. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. 
<laughs> he said that's what everybody says and so it's uh french vigier uh so in fact oh yeah we did the how the official how you say video uh i asked him how to say the name uh but yeah uh so vigier guitars fantastic guitars three to six thousand i'm probably guessing it wrong i don't know i just i know this i think the cheapest one i saw that day was three grand and uh they're cool you know what i mean I mean, I would definitely, you know, I mean, it's one of those guitars. Like, I mean, if you could have every guitar, it would definitely be in the list of cool guitars to have. But uh, it's an expensive guitar, and there's other guitars in my in my sights that are expensive that I would probably get before that, just because, you know, I have other things. But uh, but Mary Spender's uh, Surf Green uh, single cut VGA is is a freaking great guitar. So maybe she'll get her own model with that. Maybe they can, right? That'd be cool. I, I hope she does. She's very talented. It, and I can say that because I've seen her perform live a couple times. And uh, and it, when she sings and plays, I, she's she's probably... <laughs> I love the internet. I love it if I can upset you guys uh, with the, some truth. Uh, she's probably the most underrated YouTube guitar player on, the, on YouTube. Um, if you really don't, because you know why? I think it's because when she sings, you listening to her sing and you're just watching her play. But if you watch what she's pulling off as a technique, it's very impressive stuff when you watch her uh, when you watch her play in person. She's she's got chops. She just uh, she's uh, but because she's a, a a songwriter, she plays for the song. So the guitar cannot take away from the song. So you can see that. Uh, kind of nice style she has so there you go i'm just saying that just because because it's the truth so yeah sungwell says she doesn't seem like a virtual virtual uh, virtuosic player to him uh yeah like she's not a virtuoso yeah, that's what i'm saying she, that's what i said you have to just it's it's you know how you know what she reminds me of and i'll I, i'll say this she to me ha i had the same experience watching her perform as i did with mark knopfler the first time Mark Knopfler, you're just used to like, you know, the MTV song, right? Money for nothing, chicks for free. You know, I didn't look at Mark Knopfler as this amazing guitar player. I just saw, you know, Mark Knopfler playing this, this, these songs and these songs were catchy. And then all of a sudden, when you really pay attention to what Mark Knopfler's playing, you're like, man, that's some crazy stuff to be playing underneath that, that pop style song. Mary's the same way. Her stuff that she's playing is way better than what you're perceiving it to be. And I'm just saying, you guys, if you guys give her, uh, 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 if you watch some of her songs now, pay attention to that is what I'm saying. Especially if you already like her and you want to watch her, uh, you like her music and you want to watch her perform. Uh, now you know to wa watch it. Ed Pack says, Mark is an amazing player. Absolutely. Mark Knopfler is is a is a player that i think if you if you're like me he was this guy that just didn't exist for i don't know 70 80 percent of my guitar playing life i i didn't even consider him a guitar player you know what i mean i didn't even know i just dire straits played songs and um that's one thing about the 80s uh pop bands man they just they were on mtv with pop songs and then now you look back and you're like, man, these guys had the chops, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the convert says anyone who plays in service of the song gets it. Yeah, it's a perfect, it's a perfect thing. And I, I think the reason I notice it is, um, you know, as a as a bass player, I like to slap and pop and do tapping and stuff. But if you watch me anytime I'm playing in, in any kind of live situation, it's just so. 
I'm always so underplaying everything. I, I will not even do feels and stuff. You know, even when the guitar player's like, oh, just do a slap solo or a fill. Like, no, you know what? It's just to me, it's like, I, I just want to be as anonymous as possible. Like I said, I want to serve the song. I put the put the spotlight on somebody else. The slapping and tapping and popping and stuff is just for fun for me to, to, to at home to play that stuff. Or, you know, when you guys want to do it for a video, it's kind of cool to pull out the tricks. But realistically, no, man, it's just, I like to underplay as much as I can. I think I think it always serves the song better, perfectly. Yeah, CBB Ninja agrees about the music. Serve the song. I agree. I 100% agree. I'm the same way. I 100% agree. So, um, all right. Oh, HK said Mark uh, played for Bob Dylan. Also, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, I had no idea. I'll have to I'll have to check that out and see what songs he did. I'd love to hear him. Uh, pay attention. I did, never noticed it. Uh, let's see. Just because it blue, I don't even know. <laughs> blue fin llama. <laughs> That's probably not what it is. Uh, it says, "Have you ever played a Fender Modern Jag uh, a Fender Modern Player Jaguar? And if so, any what are your thoughts? I have not tried the the Modern Player Jaguar." Um, I'm not a Jaguar fan. So, um, I'm a Jazzmaster fan. Uh, that's the problem. I like Jaguar. I think I like the Jaguar pickups. Okay. I like them to me. The Jaguar and the Jazzmaster is that exactly what we kind of started the show talking about shorter scale Jaguar 24 and three quarters versus the, the Jazzmaster 25 and a half. But I just like the Jazzmaster. It just feels better to me. So I'm just a Jazzmaster person. And I like Jazzmaster pickups. So it just all kind of fits for me, right? It's like tellies and strats. I love tellies, but I'm technically a strat guy until I find the telly. So, so, oh yeah, see? see, he said, I said it right. You said it correctly. It's a combination of bluefin, tuna, and llama. <laughs> see, bluefin, llama. It's like cheddar kung pao, bluefin, bluefin, llama. <laughs> right? So, uh, Joshua Garcia says, any thoughts on the Joe Bonamassa wah pedal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I liked it. I had it. I just recently got rid of mine. Um, I had it with it and that's because, so, you know, I had a bunch, I mean a bunch, uh, all of them actually, <laughs> I, I got, I went through a phase a couple years back where I was collecting all the wah pedals. I, I don't know what that was about, but I, so I got all the Dunlop wah pedals and I, I already have pretty much, you know, all the Morley wah pedals and I'm a Morley wah pedal person. I like the spring action thing, but I have the spring action Dunlop as well. And although I love the way Dunlop wah pedal sound to me, I got the, um, Clyde McCoy wah by Dunlop. And that's the wah I like the most out of all the Dunlop wahs now. And so, um, I ended up sh uh, selling off the other ones. Like I got rid of my slash and my Joe Bonamassa and my Jerry Contrell and stuff, but the Joe Bonamassa one was really cool. My favorite thing about Joe Bonamassa one is internally, there's a switch that lets you go from true bypass and buffered. And the reason I always loved that was the guys at, uh, at, uh, Dunlop told me that I guess Joe likes it buffered. Um, but true bypass was such a big, you know, kind of thing that they had to make it a uh, by true bypass as well. And that way they have to switch inside, but it's a great, one of the best, uh, best was, I think that they did, I would definitely put in my top, you know, three. So it'd be like the Clyde McCoy, then the Joe Bonamassa. And then after that, my next favorite wall from Dunlop would be the Jerry Contrail. My favorite looking one was the Kirk Hammond, but I just wasn't a fan of the way it sounded, but I love the way that thing looks it's just so skater. It's just so cool. So, 
Uh, what are we doing on time? Well, good. We have like 10 minutes left. All right. Let's see. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark Geiger just did a super chat for no reason. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, Joss, hold on. Okay. Uh, Joss, Josco, Josco Plumbing Supply. Sorry, I'm saying it right. Josco Plumbing Supply says, You rock, brother. You are making a sacrifice by using a mini pedal. <laughs> uh, so the question, I understand the question. Uh, are you making a sacrifice by using a mini pedal? Uh, a mini, he's talking about a mini pedal. Um, no, N no, I don't think so. Um, what I've learned from the pedals I've been messing with is the small ones generally don't sound any different. So, uh, so if you're talking about sacrifice in tone, I don't think so. Uh, I haven't experienced that myself. Um, those are the things that actually frustrate me. Uh, maybe you guys too. Some of the mini pedals, like when they make a mini, the mini tube screamer by Ibanez, I beat it against the mini, the full size tube screamer by Ibanez. And I think I heard a difference. I think maybe the full size sounded a little bit better. I thought, but again, it's, it's so, so minor that you're like, you're wondering if you're, you know, you don't want to make yourself crazy. So I decided it's, if it's too close to call, I'm not even going to worry about it. So no, with mini, mini pedals, I have not come across any issues yet. Um, you they save a lot of space. I use mini pedals and full size pedals on my board. And, uh, that's just, you know, kind of how that works. I usually go off the function, not the size though. So if the, sometimes the mini pedals have less knobs and that's better for me, I don't need more stuff to mess with. Um, uh, so there you go. Uh, but no, I don't think you sacrifice anything. Not in what I've experienced with pedals. And then uh, the Waco Kid official says, P.S. Thanks for all the content, Mother Hen. <laughs> yeah, the Mother Hen. That was fun last week, the Mother Hen. So that was one of my favorite discussions I think we had was last week. Okay. Uh, what do we got questions? Let's see. Let's, let's find a couple more. Oh, David said that pedal show just did an episode where they did regular size versus mini pedals. I'll watch that one. I'll have to check it out. That pedal show. There's a couple channels. That's one of them where I have YouTube. I don't know. I think I still call it YouTube red, but I think it's called YouTube prime or premiere. Now it's where you get, you know, no commercials. I don't buy it. I've told you guys this before. I don't buy it. Uh, cause I get no commercials. I buy it because you get to download content. So I'll download tons of videos, especially like uh, that pedal show where they're like 30 minutes long and, uh, and download them into my phone and then listen to them like podcasts in the car and or watch them when i'm doing stuff like if i'm waiting you know for you know at a restaurant or if i'm waiting somewhere and it's going to be a 20 minute wait for something uh you know you go get your oil change or something it's like perfect time just put the headphones in and check that stuff out so that's how i like to do that check out that stuff so that's how i watch most of my stuff now off, off youtube it's great so just i thought i'd give you guys that feedback because i was really not excited about paying ten dollars a month i didn't know if it was worth it but so far i like it uh Let's see. Daryl, uh, Daryl, Daryl McMillan says, Hey, I'd like to join Patreon, but your website says you're currently not accepting any. Yeah, I know it says that, but it doesn't stop you from doing it. Uh, you can go Daryl to the Patreon page. If you'd like to become a patron, um, the, uh, the patrons, uh, uh, page is, uh, 
you know, the patrons support the channel. That's what, uh, that's what they do. And uh, some people have different opinions of the Patreon system, but the way I look at it this way is I, I would have not made it this far on YouTube without Patreon, just because patrons keep my sanity. So, I mean, that's what they do. They, the idea that next month I have no idea what's going to happen is not so much financially, because that's one problem, but just, you know, is anyone even going to care if you make a video next week? It's tough, especially because you learn on YouTube, everything's peaks and valleys. I make a video and I get 100,000 views. I make a video, it gets 10,000 views. Um, to give an example of that logic, it would be like if you were in sales and your commission check went from making $1,000 to a dollar. That's crazy. And although the average works out in your favor, uh, your brain can't help but wonder how many of those $1 commission checks going to happen before you go, maybe I should invest into this. And that's what I mean. It's not about stop doing it. You can make videos for free. It's whenever I pull the trigger and I take some of my money and put it into this, this system, that's, that's the, that's the scary part. You know, every time I make a donation to, to a, a, a charity or like a giveaway, like that pedal board we just gave away. Anytime you do anything like that, you think, you know, should I be keeping this money and feeding my family with it and doing, you know, and taking care of myself, or is it, is it great to give back to a community? Well, it's great to give back to a community community, but you know what I mean? You want to, so that's what patron does for me. So that's what I'm just saying, guys, I thank you for all the patron support. You guys are awesome. Plus the patrons, uh, they, I, I give them early versions of the videos and I don't mean early. Like I get, they get to see it before everybody else. I give them the version that I usually would never want anybody to see. And, uh, it has mistakes in it and all the problems and they fix it. They tell me what I, uh, and they help me, they help me understand stuff. Cause, and also the other thing that's patrons done lately, since I'm on a patron speech is if you guys hear it all the time, I say, well, I have that video ready. I'll launch it. Or, you know, I, I tell you a video is in the works. There's a lot of times I look at a video and I just, I'm not feeling it. And I just don't feel, it's like anything that you create as, as an, a creator. I just don't want to put it out. So it's nice sometimes because I can tell from the patron's reaction, like, no, no, this was better than I thought it was, or nope, this was really bad. It happened a couple months ago. I, I gave them a video that never saw the live day. In fact, I actually deleted it from the hard drives. I don't even have it to, to show anyone now. It was bad, and I can tell from the reaction, wasn't that great? <laughs> so so that's good, but it mostly happens the other way. They helped me get the videos on the on the channel. So, uh, so to answer your question, yeah, there's a way uh, to the, just go to patron. They're linked in all my videos. It works. Uh, okay. And then what else? Brian says patrons. Oh, well, Brian, you are a patron. So you do rock. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Randy says, what's your thoughts on the Charvel Promar Proma DK24 versus the Ibanez AZ? So uh, uh, that's easy. That's an easy, easy thing. Because I actually played them at the uh, NAMM show and uh, loved them. And for the price, half, right? They're a thousand bucks versus the $2,000 AZ that I'm looking at. I was, I'm a gung ho. The, the answer I can give you is this. This is where I, I, I'm stuck. I'm not a big satin finish person. That's why I got the solar and the gloss orange and not the satin yellow, even though I said I wanted the sat the yellow, even though it was satin. I just couldn't push myself there. And the problem with satin finishes is not the feel. I love the way it feels. It's just after a while you play it, you get shiny spots. And I just I don't know how I feel about that. So to the pro mods, uh, uh what I didn't like about them was they the sat the orange is great, but the satin orange uh and the satin gray, it's because I know they're gonna get shiny and stuff. And and I was really liking them, and I was really thinking about getting one. And I realized the only reason I was thinking about getting one is because I didn't want it. You know, it's a good way to save money, not get the AZ. I already know I want the AZ. That's what I'm basically saying. 
You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a no brainer. Just so I decided to get the one I want and that's why I'm going for the AZ. But if you like Charvel, I, they're just as good. I, 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 I didn't find anything on the Charvels that I found, uh, that weren't as good. The other, other thing is the, th the only problem with the Charvels too, the same thing is problem with the AZ. They're out of stock. It's like, you can't find like Sweetwater where they weigh them and you can no wait. They always seem to be out of stock. So if they're in stock. You guys can let me know in the comments and stuff. I'll go look tonight too. Uh, Gutero says, Gutero says the Charvels have more finished flaws, played a bunch of them. They are nice, but really like the AZs. Yeah. And the, again, you know what? I didn't notice cause as a damn show, it's hard to tell. Uh, it's already been handled by 300 people in the, in the first 10 minutes. Um, that's probably true. The, the Charvels I own that are currently made in Mexico, uh, they're, they're good. Um, but you know, but they're not $3,000 guitars. So yeah, that's the, that's, so yeah, I agree with you, Gutero, but I also, it's half the price is where I was looking at it. So for half the price, it's pretty legitimate. Uh, so hold on. I'm reading. So Bud, I, I just like the the comment. So Bud says, I wonder how many songs Hendrick erased because he thought people wouldn't dig it. People would go crazy now. Think twice before racing. Yeah, uh, you know what? This is this is uh, right now as we sit, I probably have 30 or 40 videos that I did and I've never released uh, for all kinds of reasons. And um, sometimes I spend entire days like not day, but days making a video that never sees the light of day happens all the time. And a lot of times that's when a weird video will pop out. If you guys notice, it'll be because I've, 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 I've done, I've had this happen. I've done two videos in a row and I'm not releasing either one of them. I just don't like them. And my biggest problem though, unlike an artist, like obviously Hendrix, you know, right. Where he's making music. Part of my problem is I re I watch the video and the problem I'm having is Am I conveying the message? Are you understanding what I'm saying? I watched a video once and I was like, I was lost. And I, I knew what I was talking about. And I was lost. So I was like, I don't think anybody's, you know. And so my concern isn't like the trolls are going to say something negative or if people aren't going to, you know, they got thumbs down it or people won't like it. My concern is I'm just going to confuse people. That's the worst. So, and there's videos I have out there that are good that people have learned from. But even I can read in the comments, you know, 20, 30% of the people watched it probably left more confused than and educated from it and that's not a goal that's not what you want so all right uh oh somebody says oh okay uh k drake 777 says sweetwater has the ibanez az in ice blue metallic seven pounds ten ounces buy it mm, seven pounds ten ounces that's not that bad see i like them so so i like them seven pounds eight ounces so ten's good enough you never know we'll see we'll see if that guitar is in my future i would be shocked if i don't get one soon uh all right do we have anything else before i go hold on let me make sure i didn't miss any of the pin questions just give me a quick second guys i know it sucks to have you guys wait while i look but uh that's it ben Wu just did a super chat to say thank you and uh put something in the tip jar i appreciate that we're gonna leave with one question uh and uh i'm actually gonna do two so Mark Geiger says, how do you feel about mail order guitars? I, uh, not, I've had more bad experiences with mail order guitars than good one. What I mean by that is when I buy a guitar offline, there is a bigger chance that I'm not going to like it. than obviously when I pick up a guitar in person, I think that's normal. Um, 
That being said, I don't actually have a personal problem with Miller guitars. What I've noticed though is that when I look, let me look in the room just to make sure. Um, so that came through the mail, obviously, right? That came from Ola straight to me. Solar guitars that I bought in person, bought in person. Uh, the Warwick I had custom made. The uh, Framus I picked it up and played it before I bought it. So the majority of the guitars in here, I'd say it's about 70, 30, 70% I played before I bought them. It, it can be done. My joke, so you know, uh, this is true. I just told a friend this story, so it's uh, irrelevant now. Uh, 10 years ago, a friend of mine said, I can't imagine anyone buying a guitar off the internet. And I said, yeah, what people get their wives off the internet. You know what I mean? People meet people, their husbands off the internet. So at that point, once online dating became a thing, I think online anything can make sense. So, uh, and, and that's my whole point, right? If you're going to find your the, the love of your life on the internet, well, then you can find a guitar. <laughs> it's not it's not impossible at that point. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and, um, and last question before we do the shout out. Uh, that's not a question. <laughs> Joshua says mail order bride. I don't know anything about mail order brides. I'm talking about like, uh, dating things. Remember, I'm not very versed. I know people find people on the internet and fall in love through dating websites, but you've got to understand I've been married for 20 years. And, uh, and, uh, uh, the, so that like, that's a different world to go. So there you go. And, uh, and I don't know if I told you guys this, but I'll tell you guys now. I've been friends with my wife since we were 13. That's how long I've known her. So, uh, and on that note, we're going to end the, uh, the, uh, oh, uh, HK said, can you answer my super, super chat? Uh, and that will be their last question. It says, hey, Phil, uh, this is from HK. Hey, Phil, can, can a guitar nut cut itself by persistent playing? I swear a relatively new guitar I have has eventually uh, settled in tuning. Thanks. Yes, absolutely. Um, the, the answer to the question is super easy. Yes. The, the question is really simply like, can, yes, can a, can a nut uh, cut itself with just like, you know, from just playing? Absolutely. The strings are, are basically files. You could, you know, if you wanted to, if you were persistent enough, you could take a, a wound string, wrap it around each hand like this, like a, like a rope and cut a, tree branch with it like a little saw you could do it it would take a while and you know i wouldn't recommend it but yeah you could do it so of course as you tune <laughs> you're sawing into the nut so of course that's why the soft plastic nuts are a disaster because you're essentially not only going to keep doing that but you're going to uh you're going to keep creating a mess does it make sense so yeah that's absolutely true and sometimes it works better like you said sometimes it settles and it's great and then sometimes it doesn't and then, uh, and then the last one is DRB says I signed, I signed up for the Mojo, Tan, uh, Mojo Tone amp building class at Sweetwater in May. Come join us. It'll be the first build for me. I would love to join you. Um, if, if I could, unfortunately in April and May, I can't unfortunately announce anything, but April, May, and June, I'll be traveling all three of those months for three different things that are going on. And uh, and so I'm going to be occupado those months for sure. But in a positive thing for all you guys, it's all going to be making content. So you'll you'll see what I'm up to because it's all doing youtube -y guitar stuff. So that, uh, there you go. So, and then it says, hold on, somebody say I missed one more. <laughs> we'll keep going in overtime until I get them all. Um, 
Super chat missed head rush. Head rush was the super chat. Hold on. Let me refresh. Like I said, it pins them over on the side. That's how I knew last week we missed one. And uh, so if I ever miss one and we get to the show, I, I always try to make sure I scoop them for the next week. Yeah, I don't see it. So I think we got it. Hold on. We're good. All right. So on that note, I'm just going to do the shout out so we can all get started on our weekend and have fun. Uh, and um, here we go. Uh, as you guys know, these are brought to you by patrons and the patrons that particularly do this are what we call the live crew. And let me share with you their names because I got to, but I'm going to start the list with Tony, Tony got Goyburn because I miss Tony. I'm sorry, Tony. So uh, we'll make sure to put you on the list and, and make sure we don't forget you. Jeff Howes, Zachary Rowe, Michael Newman, Bruce and the Saltwater Whiskey Band, Hannah Gunson, John Jex, Michael Shy, Justin Mave, David Madison, uh, Andrew Good, Andrew, Andy Dennis, Anthony Desposito, Billy Robertson, Bob Crosley, Bob Pickwode, Brian Stewart, Carlos Patillo, Chuck Keen, Chief Squatch, Chris from New Mexico, Chris Clays, Craig Parker, Dave Reese, Dennis Prescott, Aaron... Kimik, I'm gonna mess it up, Aaron. I'm just gonna say Aaron for now. I, I'm until I get till I get the name right. Even though you said I said it right. Gary Marshall, Greg Peterson, Jason Spacek, James Biles, Joe Watson, John Russell, Jonathan Pickering, Joseph McCarthy, Kermit Jackson, Larry Colkin, Lawrence Petros, Lon, Lonnie Hoke, Michael Lidner, Muse guitarist Paul Ostrike, Louis and Alvaro from Pedal Pal Effects. Ricky Robinson, Robert Hodges, Sam Oren, Scott Tompkins, Steve Hogan, Tim Camacho, Tim Farnsworth, Todd Flowers, and Zesty Basil Pizza. And something to, to share with you guys on this. You know, when I look at this list, it's crazy because these, these patrons have been around forever. Um, you know, not only are these the top tier patrons that make the live show happen, but some of them have been with me for years. Uh, yeah, literally years. Like, so crazy uh thank you everyone and thank you guys every week for coming and hanging out every week it's something that something that makes the week worthwhile for me so until next week uh thank you for your time and know your gear <laughs>